Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Sunday afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it. So, hope everybody is doing well today and has had a great day today. i uh, glad to be back. Uh, of course, we uh, didn't have our normal uh, Wednesday uh, evening service because of the, uh, excuse me here, I'm trying to adjust my monitor uh, for this our, uh, teaching this evening. Uh, because of the, uh, we were honoring a, a dear friend of uh, Fountain Life Bible Church uh, family and uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Joe Freeman. And so uh, I know a lot of people watched online for that. In fact, I think we had over um, almost 900 views. I haven't checked recently, but it was pretty, pretty way up there. So, uh, so I appreciate your uh, uh, being a part of that. So. But, uh, but I do hope everybody's had a good weekend and a, and a wonderful day today, and uh, uh, I just uh, hope you're looking forward to this new week. I know, as a rule, Mondays are not something people look forward to, but uh, hopefully uh, that you will uh, meet it uh, uh, with excitement for the fact that, hey, if God allows us to wake up tomorrow, he's got a reason and a purpose for us to... Uh, uh, live the day to get out and minister and witness and talk to others about the Lord. So that's all. That's, that's what we're here for, people, is to serve the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being. All righty. So let us um, look at our uh, passage, opening passage this morning. We're going to look in uh, Daniel chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 15 through, I'm sorry, 16 through 18. And uh, give everybody a second to turn there if you have your Bibles handy. And um, yeah, let's see here. There we go. And let me pull this up, and you can read along uh, with me if you so desire. So there we go. Let me get up over here on the website here. There we go. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out uh, of your hand, O king. But if not, but be it known to you, O king, that we will serve your, we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. It's very important to put that, will not serve your gods in there, not that we will serve your gods. So that would, uh, that makes a big difference. <laughs> In reading that passage, so uh, I apologize for uh, uh, misreading that. There, it'd be nice one day if I could read. In fact, uh, uh, Jennifer at the church, she's the one who helps run the camera. She uh, was telling me about this uh, machine, this cricket machine, this morning that uh, helps cut out, uh, I guess, like vinyl stickers and things like that. And when she brought it up, me and Dad were sitting back here, and that, that when praise is going on, and she showed it to me, and uh, and I. I don't know, for some reason she showed it to me, I said, uh, uh, the circuit printer or something like that, I said. She goes, it's cricket. I said, oh, I said, yeah. I said, I'm sorry, I see it now. <laughs> you know, it stinks when you get old. You got glasses, you still can't have read stuff. So, pitiful, pitiful. So, uh, she looked at me like I was stupid, but uh, which is a look I'm used to from my own wife. So, anyway. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Juanita White. Uh, praise God for her. She came up to me after church. She said, don't forget 
the prayer request sheets and I said thank you so much that makes a big difference in doing the prayer request so thank you Juanita for I saw her standing there and I had I surrounded by people talking to me and she started to walk off and said hey would you want to tell me something there so I'm glad she did well anyway uh, this prayer request from this morning uh, if you those watching on social media if you have any prayer concerns feel free to put those uh, in the comments here and uh, I'll be happy to get to those as well but uh, so what I have on here is uh, Richard Haynes uh, Joe Franklin Jordan unspoken Doug Larky Nancy Chuck unspoken uh, Robert for Kim Wendy Lee Payne family sick and for our country my daughter and family in peace, Eddie and Bonnie, our grandsons, Jonah and Carter, uh, Betty Whalen family, Jack Matheson family, Tom Kellerman family, Karen O'Brien, Uncle Jim and veterans, uh, Pat Goyne, uh, Sylvia Buchanan, Angela Harris, Patsy family, medical request, church, government, and the Youngs, Jerry and Joanne, um, Homer Gardner, James Keller, Darlena Miller, Michael, Jason Vickers. Let's see here. And um, let's see here. Jane Kitchings, Verda Campbell. Uh, I know um, Richard Campbell's dad. I know she's a lot of time request a prayer for him. And Ron and Thelma, Roger Street, hip replacement. Um, Glenn Johnson, P.T. Glover, P.T.'s mom, uh, Kim, uh, Kim Penix, Murph, Freeman Family, Tracy Kent, Vicki Telefero, Wendy Lee, Ron and Thelma. You're definitely praying for Ron and Thelma, and, um, and that they'll get to uh, Ron. He's been feeling pretty, pretty poorly. So, All right. Uh, Angel Pretzel says pray for Sarah. We're going to see kidney specialist on August 6th. In Knoxville, yes, Miss Angela, we will definitely be lifting Miss Sarah up in prayer. All righty, well, let's go ahead and bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for another wonderful and beautiful day that you bless us with. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, I just want to uh, lift up each and every one of these prayer requests. Lord, there's a lot of a lot of requests on there, and there's a lot of people who are. May not even wrote anything or said anything, but you know the hearts and minds, the unspoken request. Uh, Lord, uh, those who are dealing with uh, whether battling cancer or, or fighting uh, colds and flus, and Lord, I just pray that you bring healing and bring peace and bring comfort and strength during these difficult times. And uh, Lord, I pray that you be with those who are dealing with loss. And uh, Lord, I pray that you be with the Freeman family. And Pray to be with Hoover Smith, and Lord, I pray to be with Jane Kitchings, and uh, Ron and Thelma Thompson, Wendy Lee, and Kim Penix, and uh, Robert uh, Penix, uh, and uh, I know he dealing with the loss of his father. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you will be with uh, so many of the prayer request concerns, Lord. Uh, Lord, you know uh, there's too many for me to recall, but uh, you know uh, the needs. And I pray for safe travels for Angela and Sarah and that you'll be able to guide the doctors to help Sarah and bring her to full and complete health. And Lord, we just uh, praise you and thank you, Lord, and that you will be done in each and every situation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All righty. Well, I appreciate uh, everybody watching this evening. And uh, I know it's been difficult uh, doing these online services on Sunday night and Wednesday night. I do miss... Uh, uh, 
seeing everybody in person and getting to talk to everybody. I was looking around today. I thought, you know, I never thought I would see a time when we'd all have to be sitting in church wearing a mask like that. I, I, I tell you, I told Dad I hate them. I hate them with a passion. I keep putting the words how bad I hate wearing a mask. I, I cannot breathe. In fact, uh, my asthma's been bothering me the last few days, and it just... Uh, I was wondering why I don't, I mean, there's, of course, there's other reasons why I don't go out anymore than I have to, but that is one of the major ones. I hate it. I mean, I'm just telling you what, I just, just despise with every fiber of my being wearing a mask. And uh, so it just, let's just pray that there's, a, a, you know, I, for what I understand, the, the hydrochloroquine, whatever it's called, and the zinc and the uh, antibiotic combination supposed to be a, a cure or a fix I don't know but whatever it takes whether it's a shot pill something man I hope they have a, a surefire cure so we can get over this and uh, get back to normal I tell you I hate it I just uh, really do but um, anyway as far as announcement goes I, I know Dev's trying to think this morning I can't think of anything in particular just remember I do my live devotions each morning at 7.15 a.m. That's both on the website and on uh, social media. And uh, remember, you know, kind of bear with me sometimes. Remember, I'm, I'm a one-man show here, so I'm doing everything on the website and on social media by myself. And uh, so sometimes it takes me a second to, to get the slides and things up for you to see. And uh, so I hope you'll understand why I'm a little slower trying to get these things up. And that's in the mornings, too as well as Sunday night and Wednesday night, so I hope you'll understand. But, uh, uh, you know, of course we have Wednesday night service, 7 o'clock, and, uh, uh, of course, Sunday morning from 11 to 12. Now, remember, we meet in person from 11 to 12. I put the, uh, you know, always do like a little advertisement uh, on social media, reminding everybody of service, and, and uh, I put on there, uh, on there that you can watch live, for those who don't know, if you want to share it on our, on our website. Well, I had people message me, so well, are you meeting in person or is this online only? Well, remember, for as long as we can, unless the, we're just, you know, I don't know, end of time comes or something, you know, we, we plan on keeping the doors open on Sunday mornings. Sunday night, Wednesday nights, you know, uh, we'll be doing online for a little while. You know, I was hoping to get back to the church or something like that. Then all of a sudden, that's when we're seeing a huge spike in cases here in Washington County. So that, that messed me up. And uh, when it's not so hot, uh, when it starts cooling off a little bit, I will, uh, for weather permitting, it's not raining or like yet, I, I want to try to have uh, outdoor service on Sunday night, Wednesday night, um, as long as, as the weather would allow or, and, and all that. So uh, keep that in mind as well. But uh, I started trying today, but I, I was worried it was going to rain, so I was afraid to try it. But uh, so we'll be looking for that. We'll try to find ways to still try to meet uh, in the evenings as well. But uh, as far as I know, I think that's it. That's everything I could think of. If there's any other announcements, and I'll I will be sure and let you know as as fast and as quickly as I can. So, all right. So with that said, let's um, go ahead and look at our passage this mor this morning, <laughs> this evening. I am so used to uh, um, morning devotions. In fact, uh, I'm really bad. On Sunday night, Wednesday night, of uh, putting <clears throat> because I put uh, whether it's you know if Dad's speaking or me, I always put our name, the title of the certain message or teaching, and then underneath it I'll put Fat Life Bible Church on Wednesday evening online or Sunday evening online. Well, I'm so used to doing the morning devotions, I've been known in the evenings to put morning devotions, <laughs> and uh, now I realize I've done it. 
And I, all of a sudden I'll get messages, is this an old uh, video, is this morning or is this evening? I thought, what are they talking about? And I go and look and see what I wrote. So if you, <laughs> so <clears throat> I apologize. It just show, goes to prove there's none righteous, no, not one. There's nobody perfect. So I know it's hard to believe. I know uh, you, you uh, talk to my wife or my kids. They'll tell you exactly how perfect I am. <laughs> so and anyway, well, let's look at this. We'll look at Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, verses 8 through 12 so let me pull that up here for that way for those who may not have it readily available you can read along so let me get this up here here we go all right <clears throat> remember again i'm reading from uh, uh english standard version uh so uh, if you have a different translation you'll understand as to why uh verse 8 of uh, hebrews 11 uh, by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All right. So as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. I tell you, I was joking around uh I think it was Friday. I said, I think we'll get a T-shirt made up with that on there. It says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to hearts, Dr. Vic Young. I think that would make a good T-shirt. So <laughs> he'll probably kill me for saying that. But uh, uh, I thought that'd be be funny. Well, let's go ahead and have another uh, <clears throat> quick word of prayer. And we'll dive into this teaching this evening. And dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for allowing us to come together and meet and uh, to hear your word, uh, Lord, let us uh, be let this be used this evening uh, to encourage uh, fellow believers uh, to help them in their walk in their relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, let it be used uh, to help us uh, towards spiritual growth and maturity. And Lord, uh, let us walk closely with you each and every day. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You know, <clears throat> I apologize. <clears throat> Don't bad thing, as I tell Brandy, and Dad told me this a long time ago, don't eat before you speak. And to this day, you would think I would listen to my father, but I didn't listen, and I ate before I spoke. And now, <clears throat> I uh, <laughs> have a hard time trying to, to talk this evening. So, anyway, you know, I, I'll say that a prayer to have a close walk with God. You know, and we talked about this uh uh, uh, last week, uh, and it was talking about Enoch. I think it was last week. I've been week four last, but we was talking about Enoch. You know, I just think that's so close, so neat uh, that how Enoch walked so closely with God. It said it was said that he walked so closely with God that his next step was uh, was was um, to spend eternity with God. You know, and, and to imagine to have such a close knit relationship with God each and every day, and and I hope that that's something that. Um, to encourage you, you know, that's one reason. Uh, you know, I, I, I Lord laid on my heart to um, to teach uh, on the book of Hebrews, and I'll be honest with you, some of the passages, particularly some of these these first um, few chapters, uh, they they wasn't real easy. Uh, they were they were hard. 
And um, but I'll be honest with you, I learned, I have learned and and have grown so much. Uh, and, and been blessed uh, by this. Even, you know, I, I don't know if anybody else has or not. I hope they've enjoyed it. But uh, even if they haven't, I know the Lord has, has really blessed me uh, and helped me to be closer to Him uh, through uh, this study. And uh, I just wanted to encourage each and everybody out there who's, who's watching uh, to, have, uh, uh, to have a close relationship with Christ. You know, I hope that when you go to church, uh, that you're not saying, well, let's get this out of the way kind of attitude. Uh, you know, I hope that you're excited uh, to come and worship with fellow believers. Uh, I, um, you know, I, I, I feel like our attendance has been pretty good. Uh, but I do see, I look around, I see some people that uh, uh, that used to normally attend. And then when all this happened, I don't really see there as much. And, and a lot of it may be where they just you know, don't want to get out, which I understand uh, that as well, particularly if you've got underlying health issues or elderly, things of that nature. But I don't, you know, even though this, this virus thing is is, is aggravating and, and troublesome and you don't know what to believe, you hear all this stuff from all sides, uh, that you don't uh, let it affect your walk with Christ and that you are excited about going to church, you're excited about getting into the Word, you're excited about prayer, you're excited about uh, developing that relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is my uh, encouragement uh, to all those who are watching this evening is I want to encourage you with your walk with Christ. Uh, you know, it is um, uh, evident that we are living in the last days. Now, you may make fun of me, and you may say, well, uh, you're full of it, Matt, and, and they've been saying that Christ is going to be returning uh, for hundreds of years, or if not a, a thousand years, they've been, but, you know, that's exactly when uh, that Christ uh, uh, said he's going to return, and everybody's just doing their same old routine, or getting married, or having babies, doing all these things, and that's when, uh, when Christ is going to return. And um, so I hope uh, that, uh, as Dad was talking about this morning, about the midnight cry, that you are uh, prepared, uh, you have your oil for your lamps, and waiting uh, for the uh, the Master to return. And um, I, uh, um, my mind just went blank on what I was going to say. Um, oh, anyway, uh, in that I want to encourage your, your uh, right now we need to have faith, uh, we need to be obedient, uh, probably now more than ever. And I think that Hebrews, uh, you know, the Lord laying us on, on my heart to teach this could not come at a better time. Because, you know, I don't want uh, anybody to get discouraged, you know, during these these last days, uh, during the, the, uh, the turmoil and things that we're witnessing in our country. We must keep the faith. We must be obedient. We must stay strong. Uh, we must be that light uh, in this uh, world of darkness. And don't forget that, all right? Don't don't let your, your excitement wane. You know, I, I get upset. I get aggravated. I get mad when I see the news. In fact, Brandy gets on me. She says, I wish you quit watch so much of that stuff since you get so mad and angry. And I do, you know, and rightly so. You know, there is, uh, there's different types of anger. There's prideful anger. There's what's known as righteous indignation, which is very, very rare. You know, when Christ uh, showed anger, um, it was righteous indignation. It was not out of pride. It was not, you know, he, it was not out of, uh, in a sinful way. Uh, he was doing it because it was a sin against God, and that's why, you know, as you saw, that he uh, uh, threw the, the money changers out of the temple. But, um, you know, but when, you know, I, it's very rare. But, you know, I think a lot of people are getting angry because we're seeing our, our liberties, uh, our freedoms, 
uh, under attack. You know, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro's new book, um, Injustice, uh, I think it's, is that the name of it, Injustice? I think so. Shame, I, oh, I just bought it, just started reading it. It's really good. But um, that's one thing he's talking about in there is the fact that uh, we are losing freedom. We're not gaining freedom. See, all this screen for tolerance, so to speak, is actually, it, it's, it's taking uh, our freedom. And uh, uh, people need to be aware of that. They need to understand that. And so, uh, so that's why a lot of people get mad. You know, I want my kids... To, to experience the same freedoms and joys that we got to as we're growing up and and I worry about their future and if they have kids what they're going to experience and uh, uh, de, you know uh, depending on the outcome of this election you know I don't you know it's it's it could be a very bad situation but again that's where it's necessary that we keep that faith and stay strong with the Lord because no matter the outcome, guess what? God's still in charge. See, isn't that a wonderful thing? Even though an outcome may not be as we would like it, God is still in charge. And so to, that is that is awesome. So we just need to cling to that hope and understanding. Now, I know that was a very long uh, opening there, and uh, it does in somewhat, in some ways, apply to what we're learning here this evening. Now, we look at uh, verse 8 here. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, here's some things. So I, I find it fascinating. I, I really enjoy um, uh, the commentary by Barclay, and, uh, and, and I like the uh, some of the stories and the history uh, that uh, that he puts in his commentaries, and uh, I, I find it very interesting. Uh, some of the um, uh, the theories or the uh, 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 I don't want to say tall tales, but uh, uh, stories and things that they have about uh, uh, different people of the Bible. Now, obviously, uh, you know these are just. Uh, uh, stories that are handed down and uh, the Arabs may have believed or what have you, but it's, you know, obviously it's not uh, uh, inspired or, or, or it would be in the Bible, but I find it interesting nonetheless. But uh, it said that Abraham uh, said that, his, uh, that when he was born, uh, that it was, uh, uh, that there was a star that outshined all the others and that uh, his father uh, was under the command of Nimrod and that Nimrod wanted to kill Abraham. Now remember, this is just um, just a story, all right? This is not biblical, all right? But I'm just explaining that I think it's interesting. And that uh, uh, they hid uh, Abraham away uh, in a cave. And so, and that, um, and that Abraham in his search for God, uh, that at first he thought that moon uh, was, was uh, God. But when it when it when it went away, he realized that well that ain't it. So uh, when he saw the sun rise, he thought, well maybe that's God. But then when it went away, he thought, well no, I need to worship the one who made the moon and the sun rise and go away. Uh, that was one story. Uh, another story that I, I now this I I, I kind of like this story that the Arabs would tell. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, was that uh, supposedly uh, his father Terah uh, had. Uh, uh, had all these different little gods that he believed in. And uh, one in particular, well, not one in particular, but um, uh, particularly all the different uh, uh, gods for each month of the year. And uh, But apparently the uh, they were not that old. They were like 50 or 60 years old, so to speak. 
and uh, and, and he, there was uh, people would come in and out of um, I don't know if they had like a little store or something like that, but uh, he would ask people. Uh, Abraham would ask what their ages were, and finally a seventy-year-old man, seventy-year-old man. Uh, come in, and uh, he was very healthy and, and uh, vibrant. And uh, when Moses, when Abraham found out how old he was, uh, he said, uh, "How can you believe in a God that's younger than you are?" You know. Well, said that Abraham smashed all the the gods that were in there except for one, and uh, he put the stick and the uh, idol's hand. And when his father Terah came, uh, he said, what happened? He said that, uh, that, the, that God got mad at all the others and smashed them. He said, well, there can't be. He said, they're just made of, of uh, wood and uh, uh, glass or whatever it may be. And that's when uh, Abraham called him out and said, well, then by your own admission, you realize that they're a false god. So I thought that was kind of, you know, somewhat humorous that he, uh, I mean, that the story goes that he he smashed them all the put one in the one false god's hand and uh, tried to and told his dad that he uh, that that was smashed them all but anyway i have a very weird sense of humor and you know what when you're doing this from home it's very hard to, to be kind of somewhat humorous and have nobody to look at to see if they're even laughing or asleep and uh, usually when i preach they're they're usually asleep but anyway so, you know, when uh, one thing that we need to understand here, too, is that, uh, you know, we talked about Noah uh, when last we met, and uh, now we're talking about Abraham. And one thing I pointed out when we talked about Noah uh, was the fact that uh, all these men of God, you know, I, I've always found it fascinating and interesting uh, that the Bible uh, always shows uh, their weaknesses, uh, always shows that... Um, uh, that they have problems, all right? You know, when you look at, you know, like I talked about last uh, Sunday, uh, you know, you look throughout um, uh, fables and, and, and stories, and you see, you know, well, just, well, you compare these fables to stories like uh, you see in the movies, you know, they don't seem to have a weakness. You know, I mean, you look at, uh, what's it, Fast and the Furious, you know, they, they can go from a, a mountain peak and crash, they walk out like nothing ever happened. and Or uh, like this uh, one Fast and Furious, he like ejects himself out of a car, goes through the air, catches a girl who was uh, that had been ejected, he grabs her, smashes it into another car holding her, he gets up like he tripped. You know, it's like, there's no way. You know, that's, that's what fantasy is. But, you know, they don't show no weakness. They don't show uh, any real pain. They don't show any of those, the bad things. But I think that's really cool about the Bible is the fact that it does show the weaknesses. It does show some of the negative aspects that God used these individuals anyway. And um, so, you know, but you know, one good thing, though, I think it was in, uh, I think I want to make sure here. I think it was James 2, 3, yeah, James 2, 23, I'm sorry, where he said uh, it's, he's the only one uh, that Abraham is referred to as God's friend. I thought that was pretty cool, pretty neat. Uh, but my point is, if you look at um, Abraham, now he wasn't, uh, you know, here he was called God's friend. We see here in James 2, he was called, referred to as God's friend. And, uh, but he was not perfect. You know, he was, he's had his problems too. And he does some things that, uh, that he messed up with as well. So if you want to look at Genesis uh, chapter 11, 27 through 32, let me get this up here so you can see. But Genesis 11, 27 through 32, let me get over here. Okay. 
let me find, see, get my slide up here. Hold on one second so y'all can read along. Uh, let's see, 27. There it is. Okay. Let me get it up here. Uh, there we go. All right. Um, 27 through 32. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Now, remember, that's, that's uh, Abraham's father. Um, Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, and the, I'm sorry, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. All right. And Terah took Abram, his son. Guarantee that is somebody trying to get us to vote for them or for their political platform. Uh, I'll get it. Let's see here. It is, uh, yes, it is somebody wanting us to vote for them. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, my point in this, all right, was that, uh, you know, even though Abraham was initially called uh, to go to a foreign land, we see here that Terah was the one who actually uh, took them out of the land that they were in. All right, so I found that uh, very, very interesting uh, that it was actually his father who took the initial step uh, to take them into a different direction. And, you know, when we, uh, but you got to think about that just a little bit. All right, you know, that would be a very tough, um, you know, if the Lord is calling you to do something. All right, say the Lord was, say, oh, let's, okay, let me use myself for an example. All right, you know, me and my dad are, are very, very close. All right, and uh, many of you all know that. And uh, uh, he's wanting to retire and, uh, or trying to retire. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, I'm trying to, uh, to take over as head pastor. But if the Lord come to me, you know, and was very clear and says, hey, I want you to go to California and start a church. Now, that would be tough because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, my dad's depending on me to, to be here, you know. And uh, now I'm being called to, to go into a, uh, uh, to, to California. And so, uh, you know, that would be a scary transition, you know, uprooting my whole family and then going to a whole another uh, other side of the world, uh, other side of the world, the other side of our nation compared to where we're at. Well, California is the land of fruits and nuts. So for me, it would be the other side of the world. But uh, uh, but anyway, uh, that'd be a tough call. You know, that'd be hard. You know, you, you'd have to really be clear that, hey, this is exactly what God is wanting me to do. I mean, you'd want to be sure, you know. And, um, but, you know, if you look at, uh, at Jonah, now let me bring this up here in Jonah. Now, not only did, um, uh, because see, it's not the first time, but, uh, hold on here, let me get to the, ah, here we go. Oh, booger, hold on here. Well, where's my slide? Huh, 
Slides are missing. Okay. Well, anyway, no social media can see it. So the rise go to Nineveh, the great city, uh, the called out. Again, again, this is Jonah chapter 3. All right, this is what I'm reading here. Jonah chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. All right, so we see that uh, we see some comparisons to that and to Jonah. Uh, you know, that it, uh, it took some, uh, you know, it might have not, you know, Abram or Abram soon became Abraham after Ishmael was born and Sarah, but, um, uh, you know, it, it took a little. You know, he wouldn't an immediate response. Uh, but you know, when faith, you know, faith doesn't come about to we see obedience. But um, you know, when you look at Jonah, you know, here he was called, and he didn't want to go. You know, you, most of you all know the story of Jonah. But if you knew how wicked Nineveh was, I, I, in fact, I was, uh, I want to say it was um, David Jeremiah. I think I heard a, uh, a broadcast he'd done on. Um, uh, was it 1069, uh, the uh, Billy Graham, uh, the channel he's got, we're on the radio. And it's been a few years back, uh, but he was talking about how wicked Nineveh was and uh, talking about how they would just have dead bodies hanging off the side of the uh, of like the um, the walls of the city and stuff and, and just how wicked and horrible. And that's why uh, Jonah didn't want to go. He didn't want anything to do with it because of how horrible it was. And, uh, you know, that would be a that would be tough. You know, he hated them. He wanted nothing to do with them. But, you know, you look at Abram at this time, who, like I said, after the birth of Ishmael, became Abraham. And again, you know, we see the uh, imperfections. You know, first, as, uh, you know, we were talking about faith. We're talking about obedience, you know. And that's one reason why I read Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they had, they had not only were they, they had that obedience uh, to God, uh, that uh, they uh, uh, they had the faith to know that God was going to take care of them. Even if they were burned to a crisp, they knew that God was going to take care of them. They wouldn't you know, worry about it. And obviously, they wouldn't even singed or even had the smell of smoke, you know. But, um, but you know, even though Abram well, or Abraham was being uh, uh, obedient, uh, he still was not putting enough faith and trust in God as he should because uh, even though this passage we don't we don't see this here. Uh, we read in Genesis that uh, when he come across Pharaoh, he said uh, he told his wife to pretend you know, you tell him that you're my sister. All right, he didn't trust that God was going to take care of him, that things were going to be okay. Instead, he decided to be deceptive. But even Pharaoh, when when things went bad, you know, and he had figured out what was going on. Even Pharaoh was like, what are you doing? You know, he was like, get out of here. You know, I could have, I could have, uh, you know, put your, you know, your wives in my harem. I could have had relations with her or something. You know, he said, he's, thank goodness that God uh, preserved her uh, purity there and, and just get out of here. All right. So you would think that he would have learned from that experience. You know, I often joke about how I don't listen to my dad, my dad in my lifetime. I try so much harder to do it now. Uh, he calls me a hardhead because I don't listen. But, uh, and, and uh, I see the mistakes I've made. Had I listened to him, I could have avoided a lot more pitfalls. Uh, but uh, but you would thank Abraham after, he, after this experience and he saw what happened. He would have known better not to do that, but no, he not only did it at once, he does it again with Abimelech, and uh, he says, <laughs> tell him that you're, because apparently Sarah was very beautiful, and he said, you tell uh, tell him that you're my sister, and God revealed him to uh, Abimelech that, hey, this is, uh, Mo uh, I keep on saying Moses, Abraham's wife, 
And Abimelech was like, what are you doing? You know, gets on him again about this. So, you know, and then, uh, and then of course, again, uh, he doesn't show uh, proper patience, him and his wife. And uh, so he takes up with Hagar uh, and has Ishmael, you know, here, you know, and, you know, and eventually, you know, God revealed, we'll get to that here in a minute about uh, uh, Isaac. But, um, uh, and so it, we see that Ishmael and his, the, the people that come after him are, are, are always been at war, and, uh, those who, uh, uh, faith uh, that are of God and uh, Christians and such. So, you know, you, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, we see that Abraham did listen and heed the call. He did go on that, uh, if you want to refer to an adventure, you know, uh, I've told you this before that, uh, most of my life, I wish that I had, uh, uh, you know, I look back with such regret that I wish I had a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. I wish that I had, uh, I feel like that if I had walked more closely with God, uh, you know, that, you know, I could have avoided a lot of stupid things that I'd done in my life. But nonetheless, I praise God that uh, he turned me around way before now, you know, that, uh, you know, I could have been, you know, here I'm almost pushing 50. I could have been 70, you know, still been doing stupid stuff and before God really uh, uh, shook me up, you know. So I praise God that, you know, even though I have those regrets in my 20s, that uh, that Lord uh, uh, touched my life and, and turned me around. And so I wish I had that better relationship. But one thing what I was going to say, though, is that I have, because of my... Uh, I've never enjoyed reality. I'll put it that way, okay? <laughs> Back then, you know, now I uh, praise God for what I have, my family and the career that I have. I praise God for it. But in the, my 20s, I, I, I hated life so much. You know, it's not, is that uh, I wanted to live in fantasy. You know, I wanted to live in a world of, uh, sorry, my, I hit the plug on my, um, there it goes, got it back on. Uh, I want to live in a world of Indiana Jones or Back to the Future or something like it. You know, these things are fantasy. These are things that are written. These are things that are that they're just acting out. You know, there, there's no uh, there's no realism to it. But it, the the escape uh, for those few hours was you know you I, I would immerse myself. Uh, into those movies and man when it was over and you were jerked back to reality it was just like oh you know just like I was just almost like ripping a band-aid back off and you have to go back to the mundane life and and you know you feel like just a worker ant and one day runs into the other and it just it was just so uh I made myself miserable you know sometimes you can be your own worst enemy all right and uh but when you have a relationship with God when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ you have an adventure that is far grander than anything that a movie can provide. You never know where God's going to lead you, where God's going to take you, all right? And uh, that's one great thing. You see, Abraham went on the ultimate adventure. Man, he didn't know, you know, God was leading him uh, into a whole new thing, whole new area. Now, you know, like I said, you know, he had his mistakes. You know, he didn't, everything he'd done, he still didn't get to enter into the promised land. But God's grace was sufficient. And, you know, even though we can be imperfect, even though we can screw up, even though we can mess up, God's grace is still sufficient. He still forgives us. He still loves us. He still helps us and encourages us uh, in our lifetimes, no matter how bad we mess up at times. But, um, and, and you know, an, an adventure 
I don't know, one definition I'd read one time said uh, is entering into the unknown. And with God, you know, it, it takes, you know, when, when you know every step of every situation, that's not really showing a lot of faith because if you know exactly where you're going and exactly what the outcome is going to be, it don't take a lot of faith. You know, about anybody can do that. You know, and, and I like uh, Barkley in his commentary said that it, it almost to be a Christian takes a certain amount of recklessness. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of scary sometimes to take those leaps of faith. But that's one thing that we have to spend that time in prayer. We have to spend that time on our knees. And I think a lot of people, they get impatient. You know, one of my um, devotions uh, this past week uh, was on loneliness. And uh, it is, um, a lot of people get impatient when it comes to relationships, particularly when you're lonely. People, they, they think a relationship is the cure to that loneliness, a relationship and someone else. But then what they don't realize is, see, that, and, you know, I didn't understand the time when I had to battle loneliness. But what I didn't understand was I, you can't find fulfillment in somebody else. They're not going to provide you what you're looking for. Only God can fill that void. Only God can give you what you need, the fulfillment. See, people won't let you down. People will hurt you. They will let you down. And uh, it, the only way you're going to find true happiness and peace is through God alone. And when you're spending that time in prayer and God is leading you somewhere new and exciting, it can, it can be scary sometimes. But if you know exactly that's where God is leading you, man, there's nothing that can stop that. That's why I tell my kids all the time. I say, listen. You do whatever God leads you to do. You pray about it. I don't care if you're pushing a broom. I don't care if you're an astronaut. I don't care. Whatever it is that you that God leads you to do, as long as you're in prayer and that's what God's leading you to do, I will be proud of you. I don't care what it is. I will be proud of you, you know? Uh, and uh, Because if God is leading you to do something, then there's nothing that can stop it. You know, if, if my son, if the Lord uh, was laying on his heart to... Be the next president of the United States. Well, guess what? Ain't a thing in the world can stop that from happening. And uh, uh, and I know that, uh, uh, or my daughter, you know, maybe the Lord will call her to be the next president of the United States. You never know. And uh, uh, and she might. And I know that him or her, either one, would be far better than 99.9 .9 percent of the idiots that are up there. I can tell you that right now. My daughter's uh, going on 17. My son's 20. And I can tell you right now, they have more sense than most of the idiots in Washington. <laughs> so, I, you know, but, uh, but the point is, is that God can lead you in some great adventures. So don't be afraid, but pray about it. See, that's the thing. You've got to pray about it and seek God's leading. You know, Dad did a, a great uh, message uh, last Sunday on discernment. And um, so, you know, when you're really trying to pray for discernment, you know, when you're making job transitions or, or whatever it may be, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about moving or whatever, you know, you have to pray for that discernment. You have to pray for that wisdom. And when you pray for wisdom, God will give it to you liberally. So, you know, that's why we have to spend that time in prayer. But just like he said, if all you're doing is driving down the road and saying, well, God, what are you thinking? Just keep on going. No, that's, that, that is not real sincere prayer. You're just doing what you want to do and then say, well, I prayed about it and I don't know what happened. You know why I can say that? Because I have done that. I have, before I went into the ministry and, and um, I say, well, I need to pray about this. And I have literally, what do you think, God? Uh, yeah, okay, that's probably what I need to do and keep going. So that's why I can say that, all right? Because I've done it. I'm stupid, all right? So, and and I, I screwed up every time because deep down I was doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do. There is God's 
direct will and his permissive will. You know, so there's there's a difference. He may allow certain things to happen, uh, but uh, inevitably we need to seek him out. We need to spend that time in prayer. And, as, you know, because of our impatience, see, we're in an instantaneous world. We want everything just like it. We don't want to wait on nothing. So that's why it takes time when you pray about those things. But it can be exciting. It can be a little scary when uh, we are living by faith. And it may take, a, like Barclay said, a little bit of recklessness to a certain extent because uh, we're taking that leap. We're depending on God. We don't know what the next step's going to be. We don't know what God's going to do. You know, and, and it goes back to uh, just like I was talking about um, is uh, so many men of faith who uh, uh, never thought, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hold on. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I ain't careful. But again, it takes patience. All right? It takes that patience. Faith is patience. That's why I said when you spend that time in prayer, you've got to be patient. You've got to win the Lord. See, there's a lot of people out there that I have counseled, done premarital counseling, things like that. And um, they, they're, they may be saved, and the person they're with isn't. And I'm like, hey, man, this ain't going to work. You know, we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, whether friendship or particularly in relationships. Oh, I could change this person. I know that I could change them. I can get them into church. You know how long that they will last when that happens? Uh, right there. Goose eggs, zero. I see them. Uh, uh, they start the, the, the other person. I don't care if it's male or female. They'll start bringing this person to church. And they say, oh, I can change them, I can change them. And that other person, all they're doing is humoring them for a little while. And the next thing you know, they're out of church and you don't see them again. Because they were impatient. They were lonely. They wanted somebody. They didn't want to wait. And they just grabbed the first person that got their attention. And, um, and, and like I said, I've made those mistakes too. That's why I tell my kids, don't date nobody unless they're a Christian. You know, that's what they, my dad always said. Each date is a prospective mate. You know, each person you're with, you could end up with. And, um, you know, and you can't just sit there, oh, do you believe in God? Yeah, okay, well, good, I guess we're good to go. No, are they active in church? Do they believe in Jesus Christ? Have they made that profession of faith? Do they understand Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior? It takes time. See, God wants dependence upon him. Total, utter, total, dependence on him completely, all right? And once you are got your, your, your place right with God, then he will send that right person to you at the right time. Or whatever the situation may be. You may be wanting a job. See, I talked about this too. And I told you all about this. You know, that uh, I wasn't patient in certain jobs. You know, I told you about the time that uh, there's a business right down the road here. And uh, my friends were talking about how great this job was. How they're making all this money. And I applied. And I didn't get any response. And I kept praying, God help me. Let me get this job. Let me get this job. Well, I was impatient. So I put on a suit and I walked in, or, or tie rather, and I walked in. I said, I'm here for an interview. Well, see, they never called me for an interview. I just walked in and said, I'm here for an interview. And they said, who'd you talk to? I said, I don't know who her name was. And they said, oh, it must have been so-and-so. They brought me into this woman and she interviewed me and I got the job. Well, oh, I got the job all right. That was the worst, most horrible job I've ever had in my life. I hated it. I'd rather have cleaned a horse stall than have to do that job. It was awful. But guess what? That's what I got because I got ahead of God. I was not patient. My friends, you've got to be patient in a world of instantaneous results. You Google searches, the popcorn in a microwave, all, you know, whatever it is, you know, we've got to show patience. 
And that's not easy to do. It is. It doesn't easily come to us as Christians. So we have to keep that in mind and remember that. And uh, you know that's one thing with Abraham. Uh, he was looking beyond this world. He was looking beyond uh, the scope of the immediate of what was going on around him. He was looking beyond that. Okay. And he was looking uh, what God was leading him to do. He was looking what God was showing him. And that's something we've got to do. We've got to quit focusing on this temporal stuff. We've got to focus on the eternal. We have to focus on the long run. You know, uh, that's one thing me and Dad's talked about before. You know, I noticed a lot of things that he does, particularly in the ministry and how he relates and, and does things. I, you know, he doesn't act always. And sometimes he may react immediately if it warrants it. But a lot of times I notice he, he takes strategic um, look at things. And, you know, it's like playing chess. You know, I, I love playing chess. I really do. I am horrible at it, all right? But I love playing it. I hate playing against my dad because a little snot knows a certain move, and he beats me just like that. You know, he's like, <laughs> and he, like one or two moves. And he's like, ah, you know, so he's no fun, all right? But, uh, uh, but that's kind of way you have to look at things. If I do this, what's, the result will be this. If I make this move, this will happen. You know, you have to, to kind of to, to think strategically sometimes uh, when interacting with individuals or in response to something. And so remember that, um, you know, I'm not saying that our walk with Christ is a big game. No, it's not a game. But we have to look forward. See, when you're playing chess, you have to look two or three moves ahead. You know, I like to play it against on my iPad against the computer, and I have to try to determine where they're going to be. Which you know, it, after about two minutes, I think the computer beats me. But you know, <laughs> if I put it on the beginner lesson, I can win. But um, but you have to say, well, okay, well if I move uh, the knight here, well then this pawn could get me, or this rook could get me, and you know, you have to, you know, so we have to be praying. I'd work, you know. Uh, and understand, you know, all right, we need to look at, at the future. We need to look at what God God's plan is. You know, we got to look ahead at these things. Look beyond this world is what we have to do. And so keep that in mind. That's just what uh, Abraham was doing. So now uh, I'm going to skip on down here to uh, verse 11. And it says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, and when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, when we look at verse 11 here, of course, we can go ahead and read verse 12. Uh, Therefore from one man and him as good dead were born descendants, many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of the sand of the seashore. Now, here's the thing. When, you got to think, they were uh, uh, very, very old. I mean, like maybe in the 90s kind of thing. Uh, and uh, it was revealed to them they were going to have a child. Well, they laughed. They, you know, as old as they are, you know, they thought there is no way. I mean, I'm I'm going on 47, and I couldn't imagine at uh, 67, you know, or 77. And Brandy says, uh, "I'm going to have a baby." <laughs> I'd be like, "You going to have it on your own? I'm out of here." Ain't no way I'm staying up and uh, taking care of some baby. But then again, I didn't really stay up and take care of her other ones either, but uh, Brandy did. But that's nonetheless, you know, she could have woke me up and I'd have went back to sleep. But anyway, so, but uh, that'd be a scary situation. When, first of all, you think there's no way at that age we're going to have a child. And two, you're thinking, you know, so they, they more or less kind of, they laughed, you know, they, you know this, this isn't going to happen. And, uh, but I think that's one thing that, uh, that we are, our learning and understanding here is that God makes the impossible possible. 
There may be great obstacles in our lives that we may have to deal with. And we may, on the out, you know, looking uh, on the surface, if you will, uh, that is impossible. There's no way in a world we, this could ever happen. But through God, all things are possible. Now, I'm not saying climb to the top of the Empire State Building and take a leap and say, well, I'm going to fly like Superman because Matt said with God, all things are possible. No, God gives us common sense. And if you leap off the top of the Empire State Building, you're going to go splat on the ground. All right. And uh, just like that old joke, that guy that was falling from the 10-story building, and by each floor, he as he was falling, he was saying, so good, so far, so good, so far, so good. But anyway, so uh, that's really stupid. I'm sorry. But, um, uh, but anyway, you know, but we can have that faith in God. We can have that faith that he's going to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It can be scary, you know. Uh, I hate um, the financial decisions that I've made. I've not always been the steward of God's money. And, and I, that's just the problem. I was not looking at it as God's money. I was looking at it as my money, and I was not being a good steward of it in, in my past. And because of that, it catches up to you, and I regret that. But here's the thing. You know, uh, the reason why I say that is I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. And sometimes when these bills start creeping up on you and you're hemorrhaging uh, money and you're thinking, man, what are we going to do? That's like when I bounce a checkbook, my wife runs. She's a big chicken. She takes off. She spins it and then she runs. <laughs> so, because she knows I want to start hollering. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but I have, just have to trust in God. Hey, I know you're going to meet over needs. I've got to give it over to him. But whatever it's that, with financial, whatever it is, we know that we, even though it may seem impossible uh, if, if, you know, as long as we keep our trust in God, he's going to make those things possible. But, you know, remember, we have to keep those things in its proper perspective. All right. You know, like I said, we can't, uh, uh, you know, it's my, my Empire State Building um, uh, illustration. You know, you're not going to, you can't, you can't just leap off the Empire State Building. But um, uh, but we need to uh, to give that over to God. We need to have that proper faith. And that's one thing I was talking about. Uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is that they had that obedience. They had that faith. They had, they knew no matter the outcome that God was going to take care of them. And that's one thing we have to do. Just as Abraham was showing that faith in God, he was being obedient in God. And even though he messed up and even though he had his faults. You know, again, I just think that's a wonderful thing that despite uh, the faults, you know, and, and, and like I said, you look at uh, uh, Romans chapter 4, and you see how Paul talks about uh, Abraham's faith, and, and he's talked about you know so much throughout the Bible. Uh, even though he had his faults, the apostles had their faults, the disciples had their faults. You know, it, you look at Peter. Like I said, I can relate to Peter probably most than, than anybody. You know, because all the time when my mouth was change feet. But um, that's a wonderful thing that even though that we are sinful people, even though we have weaknesses, even though we have problems. Now remember, just because we are aware uh, that we are sin-filled, even though that we are aware that we mess up, it doesn't give us an excuse to say, oh, well, God knows I'm weak. I, he knows I can mess up, but he's going to love me and bless me anyway. No, 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 no. We, even though we are aware of that, we still need to try to work on those things that we're weak at, work on those things that we're messing up at, and give those over to God and try to overcome those so we can be closer to God. But because we will never be perfect on this side of heaven, God can still use us, can still use you, still use me, still use, you know, as in a mighty way for his glory. Even though this world is spinning out of control, all right, 
God can still use us for his glory. We woke up today, God's got a reason for us to be here. And I think that it is imperative now more than ever, as I was talking about in the very opening uh, of tonight's teaching. And so we are called to be that light in the world. We are called to be that salt of the earth. And so the only way we can do that is having that proper faith in God, to be ready to go on that adventure, to be ready to go out to the world, to go to the highways, the byways, to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, to tell others about Jesus' love and what God has done for them. That is our responsibility. And even though there's a lot of evil people out there, you know, it's just like he's talking about in Portland, uh, how they were burning Bibles. Uh, oh, man. I could imagine uh, how evil uh, you could be to burn a Bible. To bring, you know, this is God's holy word. I love God's word. All right, I look forward to reading God's word every day. I look forward to preaching out of God's word, and uh, to to show the the level of evil out there and disrespect uh, for God, uh, the the lack of fear for God to do that shows the epitome of the evil. Uh, the crescendo that our country is, is heading, is, is almost at, really at. So that's why it's up to us to preach and to teach the truth, to present the truth, the gospel of the truth in love, to try to, to draw people to God, not repel them. Because we're so angry, because we're so way up here, it's easy to, to throw things out there that, have, that really tick people off. And you're like, well, good, I'm glad it made them mad. They can just delete me. But remember, we want to draw people to God. You know, that's great. You made your point. But did you? What did you lose in the long run? And so that's why we need to make sure that we are showing uh, an air of love without compromising, without compromising with sin, compromising with the world. But we need strong Christian men and women now more than ever to stand for the whole word of God, to stand for truth, to stand for the gospel, to stand for Jesus Christ. It is needed now more than any other time. But you know, because I'm telling you right now, guys, I, and I hope and pray that. Uh, uh, that uh, I'm still alive when Jesus Christ raptures us out of here. Wouldn't that be awesome? What a glorious thing, man. Uh, my whole family and just and, and being caught up all together. That would be awesome. But either way, whether I, I live long enough to be here for the rapture or God calls me home, either way, I'm going to be standing, standing in the presence of God, and I look forward to that day. But that don't minimize my responsibilities and duties here on this earth while I'm here. And God has a plan for me, and he has a plan for you. And don't uh, forget and neglect your responsibility as a Christian to spread that message, tell others about Jesus Christ. Each day can be an adventure. Just as Abraham was called, he's going to be calling you to do certain things. And it may be scary. You know, it may be so much as, as going up and talking to the cashier at Walmart. And God says, I want you to invite them to church. I want you to ask them if they're saved. And for some people, that terrifies them. But you know where that fear comes from? Fear is not of God. For God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And when the, we start to fill ourselves with fear, we know that's the old devil. And that's when we got to speak up. God's leading you to do something. You better do it. And uh, I wish I could say that I did every single time. I, over the regret, I have not. But uh, let's make it a point uh, to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, to be discerning, and to, uh, to follow the will of God. And who knows what adventure and where he may take us. Let us have a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you and love you and praise you. And Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, help us to be dependent upon you, Lord, and be completely obedient. Let us serve you. Take us and lead us to where you would have us to go each and every day. Lord, let us be mighty men and women of God. And let us hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, 
Let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I'm going to get off here, and I'm going to take a sledgehammer, and I'm going to take this phone, and I'm going to smash it into a million pieces. And if I had to hear another phone call for Bill Haggerty or, or Manny or whoever it is, <laughs> I'm about to, to lose it. <laughs> so I apologize uh, for the interruptions with the phone. Uh, I don't think uh, for now on when I'm doing my teaching, I want to unplug it in here so that you cannot hear it. So I apologize. And, um, and I cannot wait till the election time is over because I'm so sick of getting these political phone calls. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And uh, uh, may you all have a blessed week. And remember, just keep the Lord first and you'll do great. Thanks for watching.